1: What a great way to start the show, 3CR, 855am, digital3cr.org.au. Thanks for tuning in to Out of the Pan, a show covering pansexual issues, knowing no boundaries of sex or gender. Um, thanks to the crew from Out of the Blue, diving deep for the marine news as they do every Sunday from 11.30 till noon. If you want to get in touch with the show today, outofthepan855 at gmail.com, text one. Four oh one oh seven eight nine eight one. You can look for me or out of the pan on Facebook, or you can tweet at Sal Gold said so, and that's the bottom line. And a trigger warning for today's show: um, we'll be discussing um, domestic and family violence, and we means I've got a guest in the studio, and it's a big welcome to Kylie Lloyd from the Note of Violence Project. Welcome.
0: Thank you, Sally.
1: Perhaps we'd better start by saying, what is the Note of Violence project?
0: Okay, well, um, the Note of Violence project was actually something that I did as part of my Masters of Social Work uh, placement. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked for Note of Violence. Note of Violence is the um, Male Family Violence Prevention Association, the Victorian peak body um, for organisations and individuals working with men to end their violence and abuse mm-hmm. against family members. Um, And I guess we uh, looked at it from the perspective of uh, trying to identify the ongoing unawareness Mm. of the needs of the LGBTI communities in the family violence sector um, and the need for men's behavioural change programs, which are uh, a large focus of Nota Violence's work, um, where male perpetrators... Uh, in groups where they look at how they can be more responsible Mm -hmm. for their actions and behaviour in uh, violent situations within the home. And um, the need was there because, you know, at the moment, transphobia and and homophobia isn't really taken into account when working with men in family violence. Mm. And nor is the need to support uh, the LGBTI community that are experiencing mm. and perpetrating family violence.
1: Yeah, it, you've got you've got a real issue here. It's this issue of family violence and well, taking it just a little further, say ballpark next door or similar enough sexual assault, mm. that GLBTI people are not given, we'll say, individual centred care. And they're either forced into a model that doesn't work or Perhaps there's things like it's immediately blamed on the GLBTI stuff on, oh, so you guys can't do anything horrible stuff like that, rather mm. than empathising with the person as the individual and looking at their relationship on its merits and that sort of thing, which um, may or may not happen in heterosexual and or cisgender situations.
0: Yes, and I think the uh, there's been a, a, a big issue because of the fixed binaries too mm. around family violence. Uh, and so it does, it makes the um, the GLBTI community quite invisible yeah. Um, because of that and mm. that it is seen as uh, male violence against women.
1: Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, let's say overall and proportionately la- a lot of it is, but of course, yes. sadly, violence of all sorts, physical, sexual, verbal, financial, psychological and anything else, can happen in any sort of intimate relationship and let's stretch it a little further it can happen let's say in a polyamorous situation as well Mm -hmm. and I think that all leads to a question has your what sort of um we'll say compare and contrast across let's say heterosexual and then breaking down GLBTI polyamorous are there similarities and differences in the patterns I mean you know to give an example some people say that um, women may use more emotional violence, and I'm not saying that's true. It's maybe a stereotype. But what sort of things have your has your research, um, which is methodical, actually mm. found out on differences across the rainbow, so to speak, and are comparing it to wider society?
0: Yeah, and Sally, I think it, it's it's fair to say that a lot of the triggers associated with male family violence are the same. Ah, in. Same sex, and I mainly focused on same sex attracted uh, couples because Nota Violence is the male um, family violence prevention organisation. So I didn't necessarily do a huge amount of work within transgender or the lesbian uh, community, it was more around male same sex. Mm -hmm. But certainly, the research shows um, across the board that a lot of the triggers are the same, Um, but there's certainly some really significant. differences uh, in same-sex attracted uh, relationships. And one of those is certainly the fear of being outed. Ah. Um, You know, that is a huge barrier and concern for people who are, you know, in a violent relationship because they're worried about being outed by their partner to their family because even though they might be a a mature adult, they still may not have um, had the ability to, to communicate that to their family or their workplace. Um, so they are often uh, are big threats used. Um, same uh, sort of thing with um, the threat of AIDS or uh, you know sort of other diseases that may that may occur. Um, so you know there's those sorts of things that are, are really quite concerning and I, I think a big part of it too, Sally, is that uh, a lot of people a lot of people within the community don't even understand, that it is family violence, you know, when it's occurring, because the lack of because of the lack of education,
1: right? There's two things that come out of that, that all of that for me. Just so I'm clear that, you know, yes, we still have this attitude of oh, toughen up, and that's not considered aggressive or violent, or that sort of thing. Mm. When someone is being abused, get over it. That sort of thing, which I think would come probably come across in a whole range of relationships. But I just wanted to go back and. Um, drill down on the issue of the HIV situation, and I just wanted to make clear what that was about.
0: Yeah, so I guess what they um, they would do, they would say, "Well, if you don't, you know, have sex with me, then I will, you know, threaten hate that you've got HIV, or ah. you know, sort of. I mean, it's <clears throat> like it's like a sort of a yeah, a threat, a, a blackmailing, yeah." Type oh, of scenario.
1: I was going to go with that word. Yeah. Um, oh gosh. You know,
0: and 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 that you know causes obviously great fear. Totally. Um, and I think uh, you know probably one other thing that I need to mention just along those lines, um, Sally, is that um, the other problem is in regard to when family violence is identified within a same-sex relationship, there is no model as to uh, how it's dealt with. Mm. You know, anywhere within the from grassroots up, you know, Mm. from the police, the courts, the family violence services, the LGBTI services, you know, there's no model there and so that really creates a barrier.
1: You've got a really solid point there that, um, and I'm thinking of a couple of things that have come my way. I did hear of one service that just said, we find this whole LGBTI thing, violence thing too hard, we're not even going to look at it, which is probably legally discrimination, Mm. for starters, but um, it's also worth tracing back that possibly some of the violence and stress comes from people dealing with discrimination. And so it's more discrimination that the services aren't funded and so it goes back. Mm. So it really is, yet again, this root cause of um, homophobia, biphobia, transphobia. I think I'm going to add in polyphobia as well. Um, that um, is causing this uh, that probably puts some degree of additional pressure on allowing for the differences. But um, I also just wanted to touch on one other thing before we have a break. The similarities between, we'll say, same-sex and an attraction to another sex, male, female. What what were the similarities in there? I think you touched on it. Again, just want to be sure we've got that on the record.
0: Yes. So some of the similarities are the... the um the use of um, you know financial and um, emotional abuse and yep. uh, you know sexual abuse, physical abuse psychological abuse you know all those normal sorts mm-hmm. of uh, abuses that <laughs> that's a word happen yep. in uh, happen in a heterosexual family violence situation uh, still occur in um, a same sex or transgender relationship
1: yeah. And, you know, so the similarity could be called, and I'm not, you know, one part of this, the common thread is misuse of macho power, whether it's a male doing it or a female or any gender or in any situation, it comes down to misuse of masculine power, which is sadly, and I'm deliberately choosing the word masculine as distinct from male, Mm. it's so often the case in so many things.
0: Yes, and that's right. I think you're right. And the power and control is very much... Where it stems from, and that that is what we need to be focusing on more. I think, as opposed to the the um, male privilege and and hypermasculine type of approach, it is it is very much that power and control in any sort of relationship.
1: Yeah, which could go further. Mm. Let's um, leave people to think about that. We should add that if there is anything triggering today, um, please um, switchboard slash QLife on oh three nine double six three. 2939 or 1800 184527 In the meantime, let's have a listen to a classic Australian track that talks about some of these very issues from the go-betweens 3CR, 855am digital, 3cr.org.au out of the pan with Sally and guest Kylie Lloyd from Note of Violence people out there in the radio world show some love to 3CR you know and if you're listening and enjoying the programs here yeah, man great radio station it is how how it was built by community and the community ownership and that's a powerful thing to have within community so show some love show some support and please subscribe from the north to the south to the east to the west let the bullet take you home island style represent your soul to the flow love your set, represent raise your pride to the sky love it like it's the best my power bring it back home love
0: The Melbourne Street Medics need your help. On Saturday the 18th of July, when we took to the streets against Reclaim Australia, Victoria Police pepper-sprayed the crowd. We treated more than 100 people, and we're asking you to donate to help restock our kits and train up new medics. We believe in empowering people to fight for a better world. Please help us to care for those who stand up for our rights. Please go to ozcrowd.com and search for Melbourne Street Medics, or go to the Melbourne Street Medics Facebook page for more information on how to donate.
1: 3CR, 855am digital, 3cr.org.au. Thanks for tuning in to Out of the Pan, a show covering pansexual issues, knowing no boundaries of sex or gender. Um, We just heard from the Go-Betweens with a song very much in the line of um, today's program, The Streets of Your Town, which um, in its way had a couple of lines dedicated to talking about um, domestic violence and similar things. And we need to talk up about it. It's a difficult topic. Um you know but and we acknowledge again um, triggers that we are talking about the, the issues of family and domestic violence and similar today, and once again the numbers for q life o three nine double six three two nine three nine one eight hundred one eight four five two seven and that version of the go, of the Gober T track came from a compilation, a three c d compilation said the oldie a decade of classic Australian hits um may there be lots of them um and, well, um, coming back to we, being um, Kylie Lloyd from of Violence, we were talking just before we heard from the go-betweens about issues of power and control, and um, let's really dive into that, I think, because it does seem like it's critical, doesn't it? Mm. Um, go for it. Tell us more.
0: Oh, goodness. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, I think um, it's an area where in the men's behaviour change programs um, there is obviously a large focus on men understanding uh, more about that and the power and control they have uh, over their partner. Um, So it's also looking at the male privilege and patriarchal viewpoints that society has... Had for such a long time, you know, going back to when divorce wasn't an option, and then mm. you know, and and then only divorce uh, w- with restrictions until it sort of came into place with uh, no fault divorce. Yeah, um, and the amount of divorces that uh, you know increased, and and the percentage of women that were able to actually, you know, file for divorce. So I think you know historically it's been a very much a, a, a a male and female mm. um, binary yeah. um, and I suppose what we're trying to do now Sally you know and today is a part of that as you mentioned is, is talk about it more from a, a holistic perspective I think from looking at differences within different communities be it the GLBTI be it cold be it aboriginal mm. be it disabled um you know all of those minority groups um it's not always about that male privilege and that mm. and that patriarchal viewpoint it's about the power and the control that someone has over somebody else um and so through this research that i conducted and and the uh i i did a lot of uh um, observations of men's behavioural change programs. And I think one of the things and, and one of the recommendations that, that I make at the end of my research, which is online at the Nota, on the, on the Note of Violence website, is um, about making the material more uh, flexible, you know, and having more education and training around minority issues, around the oppression, you know, of, of um, intersections. Yes. Um, Because that's very much what this is about, I think. You know, and then if you take a a transgender black person or, um, you know, Mm. who is also disabled, um, my goodness, how difficult would that be for them to get support and, and, you know, understanding and feel safe, you know, themselves to actually get support.
1: Yeah. Oh, look, totally, totally with you. And um, the word that I'm still... Well, I'll just say just getting into my system is the word um, mm. which Wikipedia defines as a social system of connecting social systems built around domination, oppression and submission. So we look at that in terms of race, ability, gender identity, sex, sexual orientation, dot, 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 dot. And they all do come together. And I'm also thinking of the good work of Jacks Jackie Brown, who's a queer, um, queer woman who speaks from a queer feminist and disabled perspective altogether, and I think would probably, um, you know, certainly have some issues. And my guess, I shouldn't speak for anyone, is (laughs) um, would have a lot to say on issues of of disability in this area as well. Um, So I think it is good that we're looking at this whole population and not leaving people, you know, our whole population, not this whole population, and just really considering (laughs) everyone and being inclusive. Mm. Um, And once we start thinking inclusively, yeah, away we go. So it is really, really good to, to see that we're thinking about this on so many levels and it does give I think a little bit of hope people at the moment I think are feeling like we are being very oppressed um um I haven't done a live show since for about 10 days um be quiet to the federal cabinet uh, <laughs> don't mention marriage I did once but I think I got away with it <laughs> and I think that when we hear people just beginning to rumble at the grassroots like what you're doing I think that's very encouraging and lots of others um you know, all, you know, We were chatting during the break. There was a consultation for the, for the Royal Commission and people like Greg Adkins from Anti-Violence Project of Victoria, which looks at GLBTI violence, um, Mellum from By alliance um, gosh, um, and I'm mean, plenty of others. VAC were all there. And also great to see a couple of weeks ago, Gavril Alexander's amongst others, Anna Brown and Philomena Horsley, give evidence to the Royal Commission. Mm. And I think that's, you know, at least it's sort of squeaking its way onto the radar, which I think is a, a good sign.
0: Yes. And look, that was a great opportunity to attend that uh, community consultation, Sally. And, and I did find that or feel that um, Marcia Neve, mm. the commissioner, was actually quite um, tuned in to the difficulties um, and the invisibleness of um the lgbti community among many others um and just i guess the the difficulties and the barriers for the community uh in in this area and the the amount of work that needs to be done um but also i guess encouraging was that the conversations were happening yeah you know
1: this is the mm. thing that the the rainbow's getting its way onto the ra- the radar and that, um, you know, that's a start. I mean, it's still, of course, a long way to go, though. And I suppose that leads to the, you know, the last part of the equation. If let, I'll put this as if you had a vision of what would be, well, I suppose the perfect scenario is there'd be no family <laughs> violence in the first place. We'd live in yes. a society of total safety. But reality is, of course, sadly, horribly, we're not there yet. So let's say what would be your you know, your blue sky vision for say five years, 10 years on um, GLBTI and family slash domestic violence. What Mm. sort of things do you think need to happen? Would you like to see happen? And let's dream a bit. Let's say we've got, we'll say reasonable amounts of money, um, (laughs) all that sort of thing, resources, blah, blah, blah. What would you like to see happen? What needs to happen?
0: Yeah, well I uh, yeah, gosh. Well. Uh, <laughs> and we've only <laughs> How long got have h- we got? Yeah, we've only got another half of the
1: show. You read my mind. You should come on radio more often. You're good.
0: <laughs> um I think first and foremost, um it's a bit like winning Tetris Lotto, isn't it? You know, yeah. you dream of that million dollars and you go, "Oof, you know, I'd do this and I'd do this and" mm. You've given me a I'm getting a bit excited here thinking about all come the opportunities. On. Let's
1: be excited about how we can change. Come on.
0: Um I think first and foremost, I would love to see, you know, a bucket load of money given um, after the Royal Commission um, to the government to fund huge amount of work to be done in this area. And, and, and that would start, I think, with both um, mainstream family violence sector mm-hmm. and also the LGBTI community yeah. and, and the services in, in that sector. Um, And the work for the uh, mainstream family violence is very, very wide Mm. and extensive. You know, there needs to be a lot of work done on, I think initially, the welcoming, um, you know, of other communities Mm. into that service sector to know that they are safe and they are accepted. And I know some time ago, Sally, when we met, I think it was back in January initially when I started this research. Gosh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You, I, I asked you, you know, what would, what do you think would be some uh, ways to include the GLBTI (laughs) community more? And you talked about just little things initially, like websites, Mm. brochures, Mm. um. Um, application forms you know intake forms mm. those sorts of things um being more inclusive so talking about the fact that they you know they support um gblti community and um and also taking it that one step further and training the workers that do the intake and the assessments to not sort of uh know how to deal with conversations that might come up when they sit down with this mm. person and this person says, oh, yes, well, my, my, you know, male partner beat me up as opposed to, um, you know, them assuming that it was going to be, mm. you know, a, a, male, f- a male, male and male a female violence, thing. Yeah. So, you know, I think it's, it's that sort of training that needs to occur, that sort of organisation-wide policy procedure, mm. documentation-type work that needs to be done. Yep. I think that's a really big thing, um, you know, as far as the family violence sector, along with training about mm. how to include the GLBTI community, how to make them feel safe, how to, um, you know, encourage them to speak up because it's happening and we know it's happening at a at a rate that's not, not okay. Um, totally. You know, so I guess that's a big thing. I think... Um, also it's the courts l- legal services um police uh all of those services all, child protection you know yep. all of those things need training too um in in um, the LGBTI community and how to to deal with that we need models we need models developed on on how to rock up to a a uh, domestic violence situation with a same sex couple mm-hmm or a transgender couple person or, you or know, pet person, that's right. Or it is, yeah, yeah, whatever. Um, yeah. And I think from the GBLTI community, they need some training in, in, in family violence. Yep. You know, um, and how to identify it, how to do relationship assess- risk assessments, how to, you know, support um, in that way and, and to help the, their, the, the community understand what it is. Um, and I know that... I, you mentioned Philomena Horns um Horsey. Horns Hordsley before, sorry, yeah. Um and I know that she's done a lot of work with Alzheimer's mm. Australia, you know, um and they've been really focused on looking at the older community um and how to, to support aged care and mm-hmm. and people within that community that are you know, G B L T I mm-hmm. um And so I think we could learn a lot from that and how they've done that, you know, in relation to... Developing brochures and pamphlets and websites and training and you know if the government could give us the money to do that that would be a wonderful thing to do.
1: Well, a benevolent corporate. If if I bump into Bill Gates and he offers me thirty billion, I'm not <laughs> going to knock it back. Um, that's that's you know his petty cash tin, I think. But you know, seriously, yes, I think that we. I think we've got a pretty clear vision now. It just it is about that education and look, I'm. As as you again, as you were talking my thoughts, you know, just clicked on for a second with, as someone who's now been doing a heck of a lot of training in aging and age care over the last six months and others, it is just about cultural integration. So that, you know, you're, you know, as you say, the forms are inclusive, so spot on. I mean, for someone you know, we've now got a third of trans and gender diverse, which is about three percent of the population as a whole who are identifying as other than male or female. So if your forms just say male, female <laughs> circle one they're instantly gonna go bah, bah, um, so, but when on the other hand they say have gender identity blank line, they're going to go ah maybe this service is on the button a bit more. So it's it might seem like little things to some people, but it's really big to us. And also things like you know um, um, you know name of alleged perpetrator or whatever relationship to you, and then room for any other people involved. So there might be other partners who are not perpetrating in a polyamorous mm-hmm. relationship. It's just about that inclusiveness and. I think once people get an idea on, say, trans or anything else, it just hasn't quite come onto their radar. And once it does, they go, oh, okay, now we're getting it. And I think that's what it needs, just with the specifics of family violence. So it can, mm. we can do it. It's just, and I think there's a lot of will out there. I do feel at the grassroots, people really want to deal with this. And you know, lots of people have, um, the, as I said, so... Where there's momentum, that's a damn flying good start.
0: Mm, mm.
1: Cool. Well,
0: one other thing, sorry, Sally, yeah. I think um, just in relation to my wish list, yes, <laughs> now you've go got for me it. started, go for it. <laughs> is also, and I guess um, this brings me back to note of violence, um, mm. is the men's behaviour change programs. Yes. Um, I think it's a really important thing to acknowledge that um, we need more that are um, inclusive of the glbti community Mm. um you know at the moment there's one group that runs um out of vac um well it ran for i think 13 weeks at earlier this year with uh, a very small number of participants um which did reduce unfortunately as it went along and they're hoping to to revamp that and, and bring that back in but um you know that's Crazy, isn't it? One group within the whole of Victoria. Yeah. Um and what about for um lesbian perpetrators? Mm. What sort of group do they go to and, and where do um you know, male victims go from from a refuge perspective or a transgender mm. person, you know. Um so those sort of things also need to be addressed. How we can make those services more accessible for the minorities that, 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 that still need that.
1: Totally, totally so. And I mean, you know, something else that struck me, you know, you know, there could have been all sorts of reasons for people dropping out of that VOC program, but it also, sadly, um, there is stigma and shame, of course, be, with being a perpetrator. And no one's excusing it, but let's, if someone has a genuine mm-hmm. desire to change their behavior, let's at least give that a, a guernsey. Mm-hmm. And it can be very difficult. And I, I do, the thought struck me, I wonder if people dropped out because it was too difficult for them or something. So we sort of need to be encouraging in the people to to come to those services and feel like they can make an effort at changing beliefs or whatever um, difficult as it may be. And I mean, look, I'm, no one, as we say, no one's supporting violence, but we've got to find ways to gently get people into a better approach. Yeah.
0: Yes, and I think. You know, the other thing, and and, and I, I think it's a problem across all um, sectors, is the rural community.
1: Yes. Well, I mean, you mentioned VAC being in South mm. Yarra. I mean, it's tough enough, let's say, being in Murrubach or Melton, <laughs> let alone, I keep the M's going, Malacoota or Mildura, <laughs> you know, gosh, mm. eight hours away by road or whatever it is from Mildura, um, mm. you know, that's got to be difficult enough and... You know there can be a sense of machoism in some regional, rural, and remote areas too, which probably won't mind help matters um mm, add mm. that in so you know i, I don't I don't want to generalise anything, but it can happen um mm. in some places and all that sort of stuff so yeah you've you've got a point there that we do need to always make sure services are as accessible um are equally as accessible, sorry for um people beyond metro areas, definitely, and for that matter beyond inner metro.
0: Mm. Mm. so you know i think obviously a lot of those things are pie in the sky and uh but uh, you know we've got to start somewhere and i think this is a great start we're having the conversation and and having it in um you know within a peak body is is fantastic to out to get it out there and to to help the members start thinking about other communities not just male you know on female um helps broaden their awareness too um, and their understanding around um, around family violence issues.
1: Look, totally agree. And, um, you know, just to say pie in the sky that um, to give one of my favourite quotes from Henry David Thoreau, if you have built castles in the air, your work need not be lost because that's where they should be. Now (laughs) now put the foundations under them. (laughs) And I think there is a huge willingness at last to talk about this, for starters, and put castles in the air and then build some foundations and just ultimately make for a safer, more respectful, dignified, civilised society. Mm. Um, I think that grassroots is rumbling and your work and the work of many others who appeared you know went to those gatherings and appeared and or appeared at the Royal Commission. It's you know, it's gotta be one bit of positivity and it's one bit of castle in the air.
0: Mm, absolutely.
1: Kylie, um thanks heaps um for coming in. Now if people want to contact Nota Violence, I should ask that. Is, is there a way of doing that or
0: Um yes, look probably um the best way to do that would be to um yeah give them a call um, mm-hmm. the phone number is sorry not off the top of my head at the moment Sally have you can you um, quickly google where, that <laughs> where, um, we're doing a bit of impromptu uh, yes this is live radio um, peoples
1: of all genders
0: um, and <laughs> And I would suggest the best person to speak to at No Violence. I'm no, I'm no longer there. I was there for a specific project, um, but the best person to speak to there would be Daniel Whithouse. Ah. Um, he is, uh, you know, very much across uh, this whole issue and uh, would be more than happy to help and and talk to you. We we actually Daniel and I ran a uh, a. Uh, Workshop uh, a few months back uh, around this issue and, and invited people from the family violence sector and the GLBTI community to come along. And, and through that, we have sort of started a bit of a groundswell and talked about maybe doing something a little bit more uh, consistently... Uh, around how we can keep getting this message across. So Daniel uh, would be the person to go to. So, Sally, have you got the number there?
1: The number that's come up on the page, and I notice um, the Google search says that the actual physical building is permanently closed, <laughs> but I do have a phone number um, on the NTV, yep. N-, N for Nellie, T for Tom, V for Victoria, dot .org, dot au, um, contact us page. Um, there's PO Box 3022 Burnley North three one two one and a phone number nine four eight seven four five double zero. I'll put the link to that up in the on our podcast page when that goes up over the next hour or hour or two, and uh, make sure that that's in there. Um, and I just um, in case people have trouble getting that or their other services, we can at least somewhat recommend in the meantime, um, such as Men's Referral Services and Men's Line. Actually, I do know some good people who work at Men's Line who are very inclusive and making it more so, so mm. um, there's those sorts of services as well, yeah.
0: And probably Victims of Crime too... Yes. Um, ..would be another one um, from the victim's perspectives, um, that they're very good at working with... Uh, same-sex and, and uh, issues. Yeah. So yeah, definitely.
1: Well, yes, I have to say from um, not so much a family violence situation, but from some years ago, having worked with victims of crime, um, very, very respectful indeed. And mm-hmm. that was some time ago. And we will add once again, the numbers for Switchboard and QLife Life: oh three nine double six three two nine three nine one eight hundred one eight four five two seven. 1800 184 527. Please talk to someone if there was anything Difficult that came out of you in any way to any of our listeners in any way from this program slash podcast today, Mm. Kylie. Pleasure. Thank you. Let's keep talking. Stay in touch, and we also hope to have um, Gavril Alexander's, a someone who did appear before the Royal Commission on a future episode of the show. Um, So it's we'll keep this um, very much um, on on the front burner. And let's get closer to that pie in the sky that we want. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Thanks, Sally.
1: Thanks, Kylie. 3CR, 855am digital, 3cr.org.au, out of the pan with Sally.
0: That's right. This is Brother West from the American Empire trying to keep alive the legacy of John Coltrane, Curtis Mayfield, Nina Simone, and I am so glad you are listening to the 3CR because 3CR is a force for good. Is telling the truth and allows you both to laugh, not at, but with others. Oh, what a grand radio station it is. The fourth National Elder Abuse Conference will be held in Melbourne on the 24th and 25th of February 2016. With our ageing population and greater focus on family violence, this conference is a timely and crucial part of the effort to stop elder abuse. Focusing on ageism, rights and innovation, the conference will benefit those working with older people. Early bird registrations close on the 11th of November. For more information, check out elderabuseconference.org.au or contact Seniors Rights Victoria on 1300 368 821. That's 1300 368 821. Seniors Rights Victoria is a 3CR supporter.
1: 3CR 855 AM digital, 3cr.org.au. Thanks for tuning in to Out of the Pan, covering pansexual issues, knowing no boundaries of sex or gender. Prior to the messages um, and just after our conversation with Kylie Lloyd from Note of Violence, we heard No Day Like Today, Luke O'Shea and Medicine Wheel from around 2003 made it onto the Country Music Channel compilation for that year, some Yian ye and, and Haran which is always, in my opinion, a good thing. And someone who's actually caught the show live today and therefore is, um, well, I'd better say enjoying, in inverted commas, the full music Linda Kirkman, a fabulous um, researcher into sexuality, and she's got an event coming up for about sex for over 50s. Um, coming up soon, you can um, check that one out. Um, and um, thanks for your tweets today. Um, Linda to at Sal Gold said so. Um, yep. Um, some good music, and I haven't got time to play a track, a well-known track by Weddings, Parties, Anything, but I've got a couple more weeks to play it, something about a parent, surprise, surprise. Um, Lots of things coming up in the queer community, and one that um, is good if we're talking diversity and intersectionality as part of the Indian Film Festival of Melbourne um, at 3.30 today at Hoyts Melbourne Central, um, if you're listening live or listening to the first couple of hours of on demand um is a film called I am not he dot 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 I am she a unique film that considers the struggles triumphs and triumphs of the transgender community in India and director BS Linga Devaru will be in attendance for a post screening Q and A um no tony jones or fred Nile at that one please but um anyway well no I haven't got anything out to tony jones really but um no not that sort of Q and A there's other things going on this week. Um also this afternoon, FTM Shed and Michael Mardell with whom I chatted a couple of weeks ago will be dropping into the comfy shed. Um so guys and um and supporters get on down there. Um the buy discussion group is on this Tuesday um from around seven fifteen, but a few of us um um buy fiving type of people could be there earlier. Um at the park view is where there is. Um, on Scotchma Street and St George's Road, North Fitzroy. Bent TV, of course, on this Friday night. And, well, um, Polysocial, um, unfortunately, um, the well-known Palookaville seems to have um, palookered itself and gone by the wayside, which is very, very sad um, that it's disappeared. So um, no clear-cut venue as yet for the Polysocial next Sunday the 30th. All the upcoming discussion groups. You'll have to watch out on email lists and Facebook for that one. We shall keep you in the proverbial loop. Um, well, it's quite... Well, I'm not sure if it's good serendipitous or bad serendipitous, if such a thing can be the case, that um, on a day where we did chat to note of violence um, yesterday, um, Saturday here in Melbourne at the Melbourne Writers' Festival, former federal opposition leader Mark Latham, well, was behaved um, not so well. There's that liberal diplomacy at its best, I think it is. And I don't want to go into his comments. I don't think that's so much the issue. It's more, I want to talk about the underlying attitude, and it does seem to fit in, in my opinion, with what we've been talking about today, power and control, in a sense, that um, the dismissive controlling attitudes towards feminine people of, you know, who who Mark Latham considers feminist. And I think the things that came out of that, for me, for, of Mark Latham's behaviour, of and I emphasise the word behaviour, that happens to be Mark Latham's, was, well, the attitudes, obviously, let's be frank, I disagree with them, duh. But I think it's the fact that there was um, some very personal attacks. It's interesting, overwhelmingly, that media have... Um, with one except the only um, remark um, and this of course is of special interest to this program given that um, Mark Latham did make some comments about Kate McGregor and the only one that's been reported is the use by Mark Latham referring to Kate of her previous male name which of course is a major no-no but there's been no other comments reported due to risk of defamation which if you know we all know in the trans world that missed Misnaming and misgendering are the two big, two probably the most biggest forms of denial of a trans person. Um, If that's the only one that can be reported, we're better off not knowing the rest. But how on earth anyone could criticise Rosie Batty is beyond me. Um, If we're talking about um, family and domestic violence of all sorts, and many other people, Clementine Ford, who to me is just a legend, who quite frankly, I'm very admiring of people say I speak out. Gosh, I feel, I feel passive compared to her in a very nice way. And so it does say something about gendered implications of this, which is what I did put on the program notification on Facebook today. And I do want to think, hang on a second, it's interesting, the self-rationalising macho belligerence that's going on there. Mr. Latham claims that he wants unfiltered conversations. Imagine if a lot of people um, said what they thought about his remarks, as distinct from him as a person, in an unfiltered way. And I think it yet again reminds us we need to be wary of these cliched autopilot response, you know, these cliched sort of phrases. Last decade, of course, I'll give a John Howard trigger warning coming up here, was, oh, too politically correct, um, in my best croaky voice. And, you know, that was just an excuse to say, be nasty, be prejudiced. Um And now we see this misuse of the phrase individual freedoms or, you know, people saying they've got a right to say and do what they want, which, of course, immediately misses out on never mind the effects on anyone else. And, you know, I'm sure Rosie Batty and Clementine Ford and Kate McGregor are tough campaigners. That's not the point. It's um, the, the groups who Um, That they might be a part of, where many people are not. So we'll say thick-skinned, and I don't see that anyone should be thick-skinned in the first place. Um, Let's prevent this, and let's just get back to human basics of dignity and respect. And let's just put this the other way round. If someone made again, if someone you know criticised Mark Latham's views or him. You'd you'd be in bed, he'd run crying to mummy, going, That's not fair. And I think we've got to get past these sorts of self rationalising attitudes and come from a place of principle, um, which we seem to have lost somewhere, gosh, in the last 30, 40 years or something, as we went through the greed is good 80s and so on. And I think it's about the deeper gendered attitudes here that, again, misuse of power and control and misuse of masculinity or using masculinity in its worst possible form for just outright selfishness is, I think, what comes out of me from um, the behaviour of Mr Latham on um, Saturday, the 22nd of August. Um, But on the other hand, if there's a teensy positive that can come out of it, it enables us to have these conversations. Um, The irony is freedom of speech, a right to say what we want, well, we will say it. Um, I don't think Mark Latham probably goes out of his way to listen to 3CR. Well, we, we don't broadcast from Western Sydney, where he has his conversations. He claims that the sort of conversations in the pub in Western Sydney are what he was saying. I probably think that's an insult to Western Sydney, so I'll apologise in advance to Western Sydney. I would not denigrate a whole area to that extent. And quite frankly, um, I think it's incredibly disappointing that debate on important issues was reduced to that. And Um, Clearly, there needs to be some sort of shift to something better. And 3CR, of course, um, does try to give those alternative voices on so many issues, and we will stand together. Well... Next week on the show, as I say, talking to people from Gaby Baby and also sort of on a similar theme from Slut Walk about safety, freedom to be yourself, not being controlled by other people who think they have a right to control people over whom they have no right to control. So um, that's scheduled at this stage. But, of course, it's the world of radio and anything can happen. I do need to apologise for a technical hitch that stopped last week's program I'm going to air. That will now air in, on about the second Sunday in September. Um, And that's the one on the LGBTI um, Faith Forum at Darabin. So um, um, stay tuned for that one. Guests coming up, though, over the next few weeks um, for your enjoyment. Um, So lots to tune into. Take it out today with Cold Chisel. And, well, if you wanted to listen to the show live today, um, unfortunately, you're too late. And that's the track featuring Ian Moss on lead vocals from their No Plans album um, of about 2013. Thanks for tuning in to Out of the Pan, I'm Sally Goldner. Catch ya next week.